Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email chctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Can you hear me now? That's because I'm on my phone. And you can hear that because it's, it's right here. You can, barely, you can barely hear it. Yeah. Wow. Already? Yeah, the introduction didn't even go. Well, the introduction's going to cut me. Yeah, it's still going. All right, well, hey, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, the wackiest weed show in the world. I'm just going to call it that because I'm not old. I'm on air, so Like 
get your medical cannabis card, you can come on down. If you want to come on down and get some great new groovy hemp products, you can do that too. Sign in everything, you know, for arthritis and back pain, neck pain, leg pain, all the pains, Crohn's, all sorts of temp problems, headaches, migraines, all that stuff. We got a lot of hemp that helps. So come on down. Uh, for certification, you can book online right there on the website. Uh, and if you want to know what you can get your card for, these are medications. And right now, there's $249. That includes all your fees, your state fee, which is $150 right now, your doctor fee, processing, and the fee for us to be nice and pretty. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Here are the conditions. PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS. Chronic pain, that covers everything I even just listed. Um, nausea, seizures, uh, including epilepsy, uh, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation, Alzheimer's, dementia, dyslexia, wasting syndrome, uh, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, leg tremors, twitches, all that stuff. And we also do telemedicine, so give us a call or check out our telemedicine. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Call 520-838-4430. Uh, email thctucson at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to the website, tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. I know it's a, it's a long name for a website. My, my website program still yells at me. It takes points off of how well I'm doing because the name of the website is just way too many letters. <laughs> and I go there and I'm like, ugh. Um, anyway, if you just type, if you go to Google and you're anywhere in the area, you can start tumbleweed. You're either going to get up, you're going to get the little gymnastics job <laughs> for kids. And we've had them, we've actually converted some of those moms that are calling to make appointments for their kids to come get their certification. <laughs> so that's great. Because, you know, better mom. <laughs> so says moms for marijuana. <laughs> All right. What is going on in the world today? So I have to do the Yeah. Then switch over to uh hear Bob Trick and see if We'll see. Can you hear me now? Okay, so I don't know if I'm in this yet, though. I don't know if it's hooked up, but you could probably hear me because I'm standing next to the phone. I think I'm in the earbuds. Oh, I'm in the earbuds. Woo-hoo for earbuds. Still want to know where that tiny little set I had was. Ah, somebody did. Mary. Little Mary. <laughs> Little Mary Jane. Blame her. She's not here. Yeah, why? I guess the Grinch would have stolen something like that. All right. 
Arizona Senate approves free medical marijuana cards for veterans. All right. The center square. Legislation approved by the Arizona Senate could signify change uh, medical marijuana card costs and access and accessibility is passed into law, including for veterans. Senate Bill 1466 would cut the cost of a medical marijuana card from $150 for both the initial and renewal every two years down to just $50, but it would be free for veterans. The legislation passed with bipartisan approval on Thursday. The legislation includes PTSD, which commonly affects veterans. And you can still hear me? Okay, because this one just this one just went. Yeah. Okay, so you can still hear me. That's fine. Um, okay, the legislation includes post-traumatic distress uh, stress disorder, which commonly affects veterans, and autism spectrum disorder as medical conditions that would allow an individual to get a um, medicinal marijuana card. Quote. We felt it was really important to provide the veterans in the state access to medical marijuana as they see needed. Ann Torres, executive director of the Arizona Dispensary Association said, and in addition to that, with the change in medical conditions to include PTSD, we just thought that this is now the right time to make sure that access becomes even more available. In addition, packaging for uh, medicinal marijuana products will be required to have a QR code on them that will include important information about the item, including health warnings and a number to contact poison control. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, medicinal uh, marijuana became legal in Arizona with the narrow passage of Prop 203 in November 2010. Recreational marijuana did not become legal until 2021. Ballot initiative passed in 2020. The legislation must now succeed in the House of Representatives before it can be considered by Governor Katie Hobbs. So when does that happen? I don't know how long that whole political process takes. That's a lot, man, the political process. Could you imagine all the, I'm just a bill, you know, walking up the steps of those out, you know, that out. All right. Good Lord, I can't imagine what comes on their desk. Anyway, so there you have it, folks. Uh, that's great news for veterans. That's great news for everybody. And um, that that's awesome because it's fair across the board. Um, everybody is 50 bucks for two, $25 a year. That's like pennies, less than pennies a day. Now we're talking you owe us. <laughs> All right, let's see what else is going on. Uh so Colorado Hospital is going to review a policy after allegedly allegedly snatching cannabis from a grieving mother. A hospital in Colorado is viewing its cannabis policy after a woman spoke up about her experience there. Parkview Medical Center, Pueblo, Colorado, is taking a second look at the way it handles cannabis after facing pressure from local media and the community. 11 News reports that the hospital is reviewing its policy when adult use or medical cannabis is found due to an incident that took place several months ago. Currently, hospital staff will destroy the cannabis unless a family member is immediately present to take the cannabis home. Mother Lori Broshigan, who lives in uh, Chaffee County, Chaffee County, said she had just learned that her son serving in the U.S. Marines had taken his own life when she was taken to the hospital several months ago. She was under extreme stress and believed she was having a heart attack. 
uh, Roshigan was helicoptered to the hospital to face a security search through all of her belongings. They brought me out in a gurney. They pulled me in the door, and there were two security guards, she told 11 News. The security guards allegedly focused on taking away the cannabis they found in their bag. I was holding onto my bag. They pulled it out of my arms. I tried to pull it back. They gave it. Uh, they took it from me and was like, what are you doing? I didn't know what I what was going on. I've never been treated th- that way before in a hospital, she said. She felt more like a criminal than getting care at a hospital and had about a gram of weed out of sight in a satchel. She, the security guard, started going through things, and she pulled out a satchel. I had a little pipe, maybe about a gram of cannabis and a lighter, and she held it up to everybody and was saying, look what we got. Uh, quote, Parkview was made aware of the patient's concern on January 13, 2023, seven months following the patient's admission to Parkview. Parkview has reached out on a number of occasions via phone, email, and written letters to help resolve the patient's questions and concerns. According to Parkview Visitor Policy, page 26, Medications from Home, the nurse must be informed if a patient brings medication from home with them to the hospital. Prescribed medical and recreational marijuana are not permitted to be brought to the hospital. Arrangements should be made for a family member to take it home. If no arrangements are made, it will be destroyed. Parkview is currently in the process of reviewing the policy. Most hospitals in that Policy a lot of losing they are accredited through Center for Medical and uh, Medicare and Medicaid Services and observe FDA rules. But hospital workers and security staff aren't exactly there to enforce the law. State laws are slowly changing to allow non-smokable forms of medical cannabis in some cases. A few states have taken measures to allow some forms of medical cannabis in hospitals. In California. Patients with certain conditions are allowed to take medical cannabis into hospitals. However, certain forms are restricted. California approved Senate Bill 311, or Ryan's Law, allows terminally ill patients to use medical cannabis in healthcare facilities. The proposal prohibits patients, however, from inhaling or vaping herbal cannabis products. It also restricts the use of any forms of cannabis in emergency rooms. Members of the California Assembly and Senate approved legislation and sent a bill to the governor's desk to allow the use of medical cannabis products with hospitals and other eligible health care facilities. Well, that's kind of lame. She feels like she's having a heart attack. And in in the moment, they pull her out on the ground. Her son's gone. And dang, who wouldn't need a little bit of that to help, you know? What's up, little bear? What are you trying to get some love from Silver Sister over there? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm allergic. You're lucky I'm in the house. <laughs> little Bear doesn't understand. Well, maybe Little Bear needs long hair. Mm-hmm. All right. So what is happening? You coming back up here? All right. Come on. Keeping hemp traditions alive. In a region of Southeast Asia, women of the Hmong ethnic minority hand make their own hemp textiles with the process they've maintained for centuries. And the fabric is both part of their everyday and ceremonial lives. And boy, don't they look happy. I think I'm just going to give it all up and go live with them. I'm going. That's it. Let's do it. Uh, All right. While hemp textile production is of high interest in more uh, countries legalize the plant, the process is complex and time-consuming. 
Few countries have the infrastructure to produce it to scale, but in some areas of the world, hemp textile production is more than just an economic vehicle. It's a centuries-old process that holds great cultural significance. Uh, Hmong hemp cultural spreads across a region shared by present-day southwestern China and northmost Thailand, Laos, and Vietnam. For centuries, uh, women of the Hmong ethnic minority have cultivated hemp to weave linen, uh, plain weave, fabrics, and today they preserve their traditional methods of growing and preparing hemp fibers for weaving into fine fabric by using very few tools. The Hmong of northern Vietnam are surrounded by breathtakingly beautiful limestone mountains covered in lush greenery, creating a place where hemp crops thrive due to the high altitude, warm temperatures, and frequent rain and sun. I mean, seriously, look at this picture. Look at them. Laugh and have a good time, cutting down the hemp fields. Hemp linen, fabric made from long, thin, and flexible fibers, is not only durable and stain-resistant, but also suited for storage in human uh, conditions without molding. These are important features in a self-sufficient mountainous region where it rains often. Hmong women harvesting hemp used for both everyday and ceremonial linens in Vietnam. Uh, that's the photo we're looking at. They're la- laughing. It looks like they're having a pretty good time out there. Yeah, a little bear. Tell Silver Sister to open the door for you. Um, Hang Thi is one of the skilled Hmong women who cultivate fine hemp fibers to weave into yarns and fabrics. She learned how to cultivate and process hemp from her mother and grandmother, knowledge that has been passed down through generations. In this environment, hemp develops flexible fibers and usually does not need any added nutrients when growing. She says, in temperate northern Vietnam, winter floods created clay sediment mixed with lime that enriches the soil. Cultivators then use buffalo manure or animal dung to fertilize the land before planting seeds in mid-March during the spring rain. Um, <clears throat> she says families in northern Vietnam often cultivate hemp fibers in gardens near their homes which are usually sheltered within cornfields to protect the crop from strong winds. Growers also sow the seeds densely to ensure the stalks elongate rapidly while remaining thin. The seeds must be sown closely together so that stalks do not become too coarse. It is important to harvest just before the plant begins to flower. Oh, She adds that harvesting juvenile plants can produce developmental differences between males and females and yield uniformly high-quality fiber and that stalk should never grow to more than about five feet high. By following these simple steps, we grow strong, fine, flexible fiber. When we visited Vietnam's um, Ha Jang province in mid-June 2022, the hemp fields were being harvested during a break in the rainy weather. Cultivators typically manually harvested hemp fibers uh, crops by cutting off the stalks with a sickle, a tool commonly used to harvest rice. And, oh, look at that pretty picture of the um, the linens that they're making. That's really pretty. Kind of hard to see up close, but or, um, but it, it's got a very beautiful pattern to it. Um, Hong Ti Tai showed us that um, stocks are divided into three groups based on their diameter and height. Shortest, medium, height, and tallest. She adds that stocks in each group are utilized differently. The thinnest and shortest are reserved for the finest yarn and the longest and thickest are used for coarser yarn. European hemp fiber processing differs from that of traditional Asian cultures. The traditional European process strategy is to either 
uh, field or water uh, retin stocks, followed by drying, mechanical crushing, scratching, beating the fiber to remove woody sheaves, shivs, shivs, and hackling to further clean and straighten the fibers to produce fibers suitable for hand spinning from a distaff uh, with either a drop spindle or spinning wheel. I see a spinning wheel and I think a rumble soaking. Seriously, old school. All right, here, here we go. Hackling produces longer fibers, uh, line fibers, while combing away shorter to, uh, toe fibers of different qualities. Traditional Asian hemp fiber processing, on the other hand, is performed manually by cultivators using few textile tools. Asian hemp farmers typically pound the parallel bark strips uh, peeled from the stalks, which are bundled together in a wooden mortar to soften them before manually splitting them into uniformly narrow strips, which are then combined vigorously at their ends, oh, combed vigorously with a hair comb before joining them end-to-end to form yarn. Then the farmers twist the raw yarns to secure the joints connecting the bark strips before further softening fibers in the mortar. This ancient yarn-making Technique is simple, as no reading and few tools are needed. This may also have been used in Europe long ago, but it is, of course, time-consuming. The Asian debarking method, only long fiber bundles are extracted from the stalks and no shorter toe fibers are produced. Together with harvesting juvenile hemp plants before flowering, this manual method offers a way of making very thin yarn suitable for weaving fine linen with very little waste. Because the Hmong harvest the entire fiber field before the flowering stage, it is difficult to determine which plants are males or females. Therefore, they also sow a few plants at the homestead near the vegetable gardens to allow the male plants to flower and pollinate the females, which then develop seeds for the next growing season. Well, that's handy. You've made a friend over there. (laughs) Unlike the hemp in the fiber field, plants that will produce seeds are sown more sparsely with the aim of promoting branching and producing abundant seeds. Female plants look more like a bush or even a small tree. Uh, each female can produce uh, more than a, uh, about a quart of seeds, which are either harvested in October or remain on the plant until spring. After the seeds have been picked, the plant is cut down and the core stem is used for firewood. Uh, Hong Ti says a primary reason Hmong women continue to cultivate hemp is to make their standard uh, deeply pleated skirts, which are traditionally given as wedding gifts. In preparation for marriage, the groom's mother weaves the cloth and sews a plain white skirt and an indigo dyed batik skirt for her future daughter in law. The ritual, <laughs> probably embroidered with a little tracking system and <laughs> audio video. <laughs> uh, each cloth, and so, okay, the richly patterned indigo batik skirts are often embellished with embroideries and appliques in bright colors and are worn for market days or festivities such as weddings. The white skirt may be worn during hemp harvest and at funerals. Uh, And that's really pretty. Look at that hemp linen with all those nice designs. Wouldn't mind having some of that. I need some hemp linen. Mung skirts are fashioned from two pieces of hemp linen fabric that are 16 to 23 feet in length and about a foot wide, which are sewn together together uh, horizontally along the um, selvage edges. The skirts are tightly folded to create dozens of sharp pleats, symbolizing hills and valleys, 
related to their mythological world. During our interview, Hong Ti also showed us a roll of indigo batik pattern hemp linen that she made herself and pointed to a square pattern that represents a hemp field with a water well in the center. The fabric design, uh, other design depicts cherry trees uh, where varying pairs of leaves symbolizing love, uh, loving couples. Quote, if you want to have a long, happy life, then you should sew a pillow from a fabric like this and sleep well on it, Hong Ti says with a laugh. Hemp fields in Vietnam are often small since families also rely on their cultivated land to supply grains and other produce. Typically, fields are not larger than about 325 square feet. Although small, these fields can produce uh, enough hemp weave uh, to weave about 100 feet of cloth, which is enough material to sew two pleated skirts. Previously, we had no money to buy textiles, so we grew hemp and made our own, uh, she says. She added that there is also a need for sustainable and ecological textile material, which has helped contribute to the persistence of hemp cultivation in Vietnam. Production in the region started as a means of self-reliance, it has grown to bring more economic benefits to the area as well. Consumers are eager to buy traditionally produced yet relatively expensive hemp linen, which has incentivized local production, Hong Ti says. Not only do tourists want to buy our hemp linen, but also big companies like airlines in Vietnam. Uh, they use our fabric to cover the head cushions of the business class seats, she says. Several textile uh, cooperatives have been formed in Vietnam. Uh, with the federal government supports in various ways, including participating in craft fairs and other events aimed at international buyers. One of the biggest cooperatives is situated near uh, Hong Ti's village. The cooperative was started by Mai Vong Chat Ti, another progressive Hmong woman who has received several awards for engagement in producing traditional hemp linen for commercial sales. Both young and old women uh, usually work together. The younger women debark the stocks while the older women comb the best, uh, the vast bundles and splice the yarn. For among, or for among women's preservation of their textile hemp tradition, however, is not only economic. Uh, throughout East Asia, hemp is strongly associated with the shaman, uh, shamanic symbolism of myths and legends and is linked with concepts of purity and ritual purification, as well as providing personal protection. Both men and women appreciate their hemp clothes in everyday life, and women proudly wear their iconic knee-length pleated skirts. When a Hmong woman is to be buried, she will be dressed in her best hemp skirt, and a man will be dressed in a long hemp coat reserved for his funeral. The Hmong villages of northern Vietnam are perhaps, uh, perhaps amongst uh, the last outpost of traditional um, production of fine hemp linen for everyday use among uh, Hmong women stick to their traditional uh, to their traditions and follow them with great joy and pride. Gitz uh, Golan is a freelance journalist, plant textile researcher, and Sweden. She also works with bioergonomics group consultants. Um, all right, and there you have it. Those are some beautiful textiles they got going on there. Holy cow, look at that. That is just so pretty. Wish I could see that blue one better, too. Um, you know what else is pretty? Our favorite song. Puff, 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 
I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda, pop cotton mouth has been creeping up But can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Deville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs would be like, aw, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed Only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop This is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interest I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs, it's time to pull the plug. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Let's end the war on weed, the people have agreed. Welcome back to Weed Stay Wednesday, right? You can hear it? You can hear me now? All right. Welcome back, kids. March 8th. Spring is here. Birds are chirping. Baby bunnies are running. <coughs> Silver sisters yawning. Gave her a, a bong hit. And, uh, oh, I forgot to take my bong hit on the break. 
And uh, she only took a tiny little bit, and now she's ready to go to bed, and it was Jack Hare. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see here. Uh Oh, uh, let's see. How to uh, – this is for somebody that I know. Cannabis oil improves sleep in adults with insomnia. According to a placebo-controlled trial published in the Journal of Sleep Research, the short-term use of plant-derived cannabis extract is well-tolerated and effective in patients diagnosed with insomnia. Uh, Australian researchers assessed the use of a proprietary cannabis oil product, Entour 10 to 15, versus placebo in 29 subjects with chronic insomnia, normal reported. The extract contained 10 milligrams of THC and 15 milligrams of CBD. Participants consumed either extract or placebo for a period of two weeks. Investigators reported that those receiving cannabis extracts experienced improved sleep quality by up to 80% and that six All right. Welcome back to We Say Wednesday. Well, that was weird. It's the internet. We're playing in and out. Here, maybe stick it back over in the window. <coughs> hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, we were reading about insomnia, were we not? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Okay, well, we were reading about CBD and insomnia and how they did a placebo in Australia, and they found that, well, they were doing a 10-milligram THC to 15-milligram CBD, which is I found interesting. Um, let's see. Do we have a new section here? Well, all righty. Okay, times we just read the article about the mom women. Um, hot topics, let's see. Uh, let's see, hot topics in, I don't know, cultivation? Who's going cultivation? What's happening in cultivation world? Um, compost teas, those seem to make your plants really big. Inside the canvas market in Massachusetts. What else is going on in the news today? Where is it? Let's go to High Times to check out. Um, uh, Morocco begins construction on first cannabis lab. Oh, here you go. <laughs> Top New York Democrats seek to change cannabis tax. Look at this picture. This is great. It's a pot leaf made out of a change coin. <laughs> kind of cool. I made me... um, all right. A lawmaker says New York must, quote, Simplify the tax structure of adult use cannabis. Well, a pair of influential New York lawmakers are seeking to overhaul the state's tax structure for adult use cannabis sales, which they say is currently too complicated. Crystal uh, Peoples Stokes, the majority leader of the state assembly and state senator Jeremy Cooney, both Democrats, announced a proposal on Monday that would make major changes to how the Empire State taxes recreational cannabis sale. As reported by NY1, under the proposed legislation, 
quote, the current tax, which levies based on potency, would be replaced with an increase in the current excise tax. The outlet noted that it was not immediately clear what the fiscal implications of the change would be if granted final approval. After careful consideration, it became clear that we need to simplify the tax structure of the adult use cannabis. Um, <clears throat> sorry, hold on. Yeah, it became clear after I lost where I was reading. <laughs> um, let's see. After careful consideration, it became clear we need to simplify the tax structure of the adult use cannabis. Uh, as the state continues to build out licensed cannabis operations, a simpler tax structure will be better for businesses and consumers. It's imperative to establish the licensed cannabis marketplace as the best option uh, for consumers and stamp out the illicit cannabis operations popping up all over the state. This new tax approach will ultimately lead to thriving cannabis business at all levels of the supply chain. We will see higher tax revenues, which will result in more funds being reinvested in communities and invested in education and other important programs. Cooney echoed that, saying that if New York is to meet its, quote, goal of building the most diverse and inclusive cannabis market in the nation, we must create an environment where small businesses can thrive, quote. Quote, replacing the potency tax with an increase uh, in the excise tax will allow licensed operators, including social equity operators, to sell competitively priced products and be less susceptible to undercutting by illicit market um, Just pull on. I'm sorry, folks. You're listening to Weed Stay Wednesday. Live and not so live, Canvas Radio. Um, People Stokes was heavily involved in the effort to legalize marijuana in New York, which officially ended the prohibition on recreational pot use in 2021. Last year, after the state approved the first 52 cultivation licenses for the new recreational cannabis program, People Stokes said that the state was on its, quote, way towards realizing our goal of creating a viable and inclusive path for minorities and small farmers to have the opportunity to create generational wealth. Our new tax proposal comes at a time when the state is looking to expand uh, the nascent cannabis program. Last week, regulators in New York announced they are doubling the number of cannabis retail licenses going from an original plan of 150 to 300. Uh, With this expansion, more entrepreneurs will be able to participate in the first wave of this industry, allowing them to capitalize on the growing demand for cannabis products. Jermaine Wright, chair of the New York Cannabis Control Board, said, at the time, as more businesses enter this market, the innovation and competition will increase, leading to better quality experiences for consumers. The expansion of New York's cannabis market will benefit everyone involved in this exciting industry. According to new, according to NY1, the new tax measure from People Stokes and Cooney is, quote, being proposed as New York lawmakers and Governor Kathy Hochul are negotiating a broader $227 billion budget plan that is expected to pass by April 1st, the start of New York's fiscal year. And this is where we would push the ooh button. Get a license. Get a New York license. All righty then. Okay, well, there you go, New York. But that not, 
so they're they're trying to change they're trying to increase tax from nine to sixteen percent. I don't know that that's gonna fly so well with with folks. Um, so let's see here. <coughs> Top news in Arizona. Let's see what's going on there. We get some news from AZ Marijuana. Stuck up. All right. What else is happening? We read about some cannabis oil. Well, we tried to. We could finish that article. I just think it. Well, whose fault is that? That's like that's like leaving the morphine around me. I'm like, oh, sorry, kid. You got into the morphine. You don't leave this kind of stuff around. It affects people. The number of children who make uh, who mistake edible marijuana for candy is on the rise, with panicked parents calling Arizona poison control centers for help. Nearly 60% of 394 pediatric cannabis incidents last year required a hospital visit. Children who eat cannabis can suffer from mild symptoms such as becoming drowsy, having trouble or walking or acting inappropriately, according to Brian Kuhn, the pharmacist and toxicologist at Banner Health Poison Center in Phoenix. But it can be worse. At times, quote, they're so drowsy, that they can't be awakened or their breathing pattern is so slower than normal or in the most rare and serious circumstance, they can develop seizures, quote, Soon said. 400 cannabis-related pediatric cases were reported to poison control centers in Phoenix and Tucson, said Maureen Rowland, RN, Managing Director at Banner Health. A high percentage due to en- do end up in the emergency room and a minor amount end up in intensive care. Roland said, <clears throat> accidental poisons have been on the rise in Arizona since recreational marijuana was legalized in 2020. Similar to other states, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, since marijuana use has been legalized in some states, accidental marijuana poisoning in children have increased, sometimes requiring visits to the emergency room or hospitalization, a CDC report says. <clears throat> It's illegal in Arizona to sell edibles that might entice children, and packaging is designed to make it difficult for children to open. Yeah, but we've we've seen, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> some packaging that just tear right open. And you can just get into 30 milligram plus candies, and that's not good. Got to be harder. Still, as with other common potentially dangerous household products, parental education is an important part of prevention, including placing cannabis out of reach, and being aware of troublesome marketing that ends up targeting children. If you do have these products in your home, they are a drug. They are a medication, so you need to treat them as such, Roland said. Ann Torres, executive director of the Arizona Dispensary Association, point out that state law makes it illegal for edibles to mimic products like children's candies or snacks. Cannabis contains THC, the the substance that delivers the, quote, high in marijuana. Quote, there's no gummy bears, gummy worms at all at the adult use market in Arizona, Torres said. If you see that type of product, you know it's coming from an illegal or unregulated product. Can't the medical marijuana people sell gummy bears that look like gummy bears? I don't know. They still do. Uh, Manufacturers and dispensaries also must place uh, edible marijuana into child-resistant packaging under Arizona law. Uh, Arizona and 17 other states where recreational marijuana is legal have passed laws that require child-resistant packaging, according to the New York Public Health Law. However, no federal standards 
exist and state standards vary. Only three states require plain packaging, while three uh, different states require packages that can show whether they've been tampered with. Thirteen states ban visual or text on packages so as to minimize appeal to children. But Arizona does not require clear or opaque packaging. Tamper-evident packaging or package designs to prohibit words or images that might appeal to children, according to the network. The Arizona Department of Health Services conducts random dispensary inspections to check whether laws are being followed. Hmm. I wonder how often they do. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that just goes back to responsibility, and you need to be responsible uh, but with any medication, <clears throat> anything that can um, alter anybody's physical, spiritual, mind, body. Um, All right. Arizona lawmakers vote to approve Magic Mushroom Bill. All right, Magic Mushroom. And they always show this one. It's so pretty. I don't know if I've ever seen that out in the wild, just sitting there. So Alice in Wonderland looking like, I've seen some, like, I've seen mushrooms that are bigger than me on the undersides of, like, Marin and stuff, those big redwood trees, those things. They have mushrooms. Do you imagine if that was a magic mushroom you just went and took a bite? <laughs> Arizona lawmakers. Uh-oh, I'm going to have to say that word again. Psilocybin? All right. Arizona lawmakers have approved House Bill 204086, which uh, will promote research into the medical potential of psilocybin, quote, magic mushrooms, for a variety of conditions which could inform future reforms to more broadly allow access a psychedelic-assisted therapy. The bill is focused on psilocybin research, providing $30 million in grants over the course of three years for scientists to study the impact of the psychedelic on 13 different conditions, such as uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and long COVID. It wouldn't legalize uh, psilocybin like lawmakers in several other states are aiming to accomplish, but the research that the bill would support is meant to steer the conversation about broader reforms down the line. A, quote, psilocybin research advisory council, quote, uh, council would be established under the Department of Health Services, DHS, tasked with establishing eligibility criteria for grant recipients, overseeing applications and making, quote, recommendations to the governor the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the President of the Senate, and the Department of Psychedelic-Assisted Therapy based on current federal and state research policy, quote. Quote, it's curbed their suicidality. It's put their PTSD into remission. It's even mitigated their pain syndrome, Dr. Sue Sicily said about psilocybin. It's shown evidence of promoting neurogenesis, the growth and development of nerve tissue. There's all kinds of great things that are being uncovered, but they're not in control trials. Their anecdotes from veterans and other trauma sufferers. Well, there goes that word again, anecdotes, anecdotal, which isn't that how we find out if things are working or not? It seems like they are. And that's pretty cool that it can promote um, nerve tissue development. I did not know that. See, nature provides, man. Nature provides. We got a good, we got a good earth out there. We got to treat it well and, and harvest its goodies with love. So that's, that would be good if we could get some magic mushroom uh, approval because then 
start healing in different ways. It shouldn't just be all about cannabis. I mean, that's what this show's about, but not really. But, you know, whatever earthy plan it takes to heal whatever's going on with you should be legal. And we should be able to explore it like we did just even a couple hundred years ago. <clears throat> People were explore, allowed to explore any of the herbs out there, the peyotes and the magic mushrooms and sage. Can you hear me now? Yeah, better now right here? Ugh. Technology. I think these are on their way out. I have to go online to find some new ones, huh? Best Buy sells new old ones? Oh, all righty then. All right, okay. Oh, um, let's see. Oh, amen to this. I'm glad I'm going to read this. Arizona Marijuana Testing Lab increases compliance and Reduces prices. There we go. Jeez, like the MRI. It's paid for already. <laughs> Don't make it cost so much. Uh, as compliance requirements in Arizona's regulated marijuana market continue to be clarified and adjusted, <clears throat> Delta Verde Laboratory is committed to adding value through price leadership, compliance support, and continued accuracy in marijuana testing. Delta Verde Laboratory, or DVL, encourages its customers to develop clear sampling plans for each unique stock keeping unit and to submit representative samples from every batch based on ANSI, ASQ, quality, quantity, criteria for testing requirements already well established by Arizona Marijuana's rule set. Quote, the most expensive costs of testing for brands and license holders occur when they've relied in, on the wrong testing partner who acted in non-compliant ways or when products get recalled, said Nate Allen, an owner of uh, Delta Verde Labs. He adds, and while DVL has demonstrated an ability to help mitigate these kinds of expenses, it's been through the analysis of nearly 50,000 samples in Arizona that we've established compliant ways to reduce ongoing testing costs to our customers without compromising quality assurance or analytical, uh, um, analytical integrity. Quote, Delta Verde Labs operates as an independent, dedicated, and unbiased testing resource that specializes in measuring cannabis and cannabis-infused products. Their unique chemistries and related food safety uh, microbiology DVL primarily, primarily serves licensed marijuana dispensaries and operators, state regulators, law enforcement, public health interest groups, clinical research organizations, and other compliance labs. Those who rely on Delta Verde Labs for compliance and informational testing <clears throat> know that they, the value they get when they test here goes beyond our quick turnaround times and market-leading low prices, says Nate Allen. More importantly, they get the quality assurance that their products have been measured correctly and that the data we provide on COAs, which often gets included in their label, is traceable to state, national, international standards, which builds even greater trust and confidence in brands and businesses when they test with Delta Verde Labs. Arizona compliance testing packages at DVL start as low as $160 and includes complimentary sample pickups and services anywhere uh, in Arizona in most circumstances. For more specific detailed uh, pricing and terms, 
contact the lab. And I'm going to see if we can, uh, there we go, deltaverdelabs.com. So you, when we first started um, <clears throat> uh, growing and when the first labs came up, uh, we had a few of them on air. And they did some testing for us. And then as I started growing, um, I started doing paying for some of my own testing. And it was pricey. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was like 40 to $70 to test a little gram of something. And I, I wasn't getting a full profile. I was just getting the THC and the CBD and a couple of cannabinoid levels in there. Um, and, and now... Um, it's even more expensive. Um, I've checked with different labs here and there in the state, and quite pricey. To, uh, to if you're independent and you want to know what's going on with the cannabis you're buying at the local dispensary, which everybody should, you know, um, can't trust everything. But if you want, you can check out Delta. Let's see, DeltaVerdeLabs.com for more information. All right. If you want to check out how to get certified in the great state of Arizona, check out TumbleweedHealthCenter.com. We do telemedicine, so it doesn't matter where you are. We will service your telemedicine needs. And uh, if you want to come down and see a doctor in person, we're at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. If you want to book your appointment online, you can do so uh, right on the certification section. You can also call 520-838-4430. You can email your records and questions to thctucson at gmail.com. And if you're wondering what conditions you can get your card for, that would be PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain. That includes headaches, migraines, fibromyalgia, DDD, RA, all those pains. Uh, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease. Agitation of Alzheimer's, dementia, cachexia, wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis, and you are also eligible for a medical cannabis card if you're being treated for something but you that's causing something on this list. So if you have a syndrome or a condition or a challenge of sorts, and it's not one of those that I just read off, but you're taking something, a medication, or you're going through a treatment that's causing that, you can get your card for that. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Weed Day Wednesday. Thank you for sitting here every week and going, oh, my God, here we go again. Candace Kid, where are you? You were supposed to be here today, so you said. <laughs> we'll get you next time. You owe us breakfast now. Um Thank you for tuning in each and every week. We will see you next Wednesday. Don't forget, Christmas is only 292 days until Christmas for the bestie. March 8th, get ready to get your leprechaun on, eh? Get that Irish out. Smoke some green weed. Make sure it's green. All right. Happy Weed Day Wednesday, folks.
Be good or don't get caught. <laughs>